was not really genuine. It was wrapped up in material things. Same thing with us. I can make a list, I can check off my list, but that doesn't even say that I'm genuinely righteous. What happens when the difficulties arise? What happens when the test is here? How do I respond? It isn't by just sitting and thinking about it. It is, it is my spiritual reflex. Righteousness in that way, that kind of righteousness, is what will lead to life. Now, let's just take a breath right here and let's assess for a moment. I'm looking at that guy or that gal in the mirror and I know them and they aren't that. Well, then let's get busy repairing our hearts, yes? Let's get busy with the Word of God. Let's fill ourselves up and then let's practice it. Let's get that that spiritual sense of memory going so that over and over and over again we have thought about the righteous response and then when it happens it'll just be spiritual muscle memory so to speak but on the other side of that evil pursuits lead to death okay I want to stop here again and remind us Righteousness is something that leads. We follow it. Evil pursuit. Now, pursuit literally means to follow after, to chase after, to hunt it down. Think about the implication right there. Righteousness leads us. We're just going to follow, Lord, wherever you lead. Evil was just sitting out there and I decided that I would hunt it down. I would pursue it. I would give what I have in order to grasp it. Boy, sin. The willful pursuit, hunting, following after chasing after the willful pursuit of sin leads to death. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning verse 26, a particularly fearful passage of Scripture. For if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who rejected Moses' law died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy? who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, countered the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Ooh, and it is fearful. Now we're talking about falling into the hands of a God who is responding to the fact that we have taken Jesus down from the cross. We have trampled him under our foot. We have despised the grace that was put in place for our salvation and insulted that spirit. It is fearful 
To be in the hands of such a loving God who has done everything, even so far as giving his only begotten son to die for us, that we would have taken advantage of the cleansing blood of Jesus, having had our sins washed away, and then to go back and to commit those very same sins again. Or to leave following after righteousness, which will lead us, what in the world? Which will lead us directly to life, simple as can be. Be righteous, live forever. That could happen, but no, no. Got this temptation out there. Got this sin that I just can't. Here's how, how ironic this is. I can't live without it. Oh, wow. Irony upon irony. No, no. That sin, that evil that you are pursuing, you are hunting after, you are seeking, that is going to cause you to die. Ken, what might you be talking about? It's like God, God never leaves us wondering about his expectations. God's pretty clear about what sin is. Now I'm hearing all the time today about how mean-spirited it is to call sin, sin. That is not the truth. What is mean-spirited is to see sin and not give the warning. Listen, honestly, I'm just being as honest as I can be. If you choose to sin, that's on you. If you choose to sin and you go to eternal death, that's on you. That is a choice you made. If I love you, wouldn't I say, wait a minute, what are you doing? You know, why, why are you doing this? I, I'm not making a judgment on you as a person. I still love you. God loves sinners when they were unlovable, when they weren't even responding in kind to God. I have that same love. I love even people who commit sin. I commit sin. But the blood of Jesus continues to wash us as we're walking in fellowship, as we're striving for righteousness. I can still have life, but if I choose to be evil, then I am forfeiting all of that. What would that look like? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, beginning verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, revelings, drunkenness, and the like, over which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That, that's not being mean. If you commit those sins, and you have every right to commit them if you want to, but if you commit those sins, you are going to lose your soul. That is not me judging you. That is a warning from Scripture. Whoever does that is not going to heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and following. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor revilers, nor drunkenness, or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. You insist on committing these sins. You insist on pursuing these sins. You are not going to heaven. You say, well, you just, you have a phobia. I have no... I have no phobias. Well, whatever, arachnophobia, I have that one for sure. Otherwise, I, you know, 
I'm fearful of God in a, a natural, positive, awe-stricken sort of way, but fear, I, I, will, I will say this. Every homosexual that exists today, I, I love them because I want them to be saved. Jesus died for every homosexual that has ever existed. But if a homosexual persists in chasing after sin that God has condemned, it isn't my judgment, it is God's judgment that that person who persists in their sin is not going to heaven. Now, I can love you, but I don't have to tolerate or accept or endorse your sin. The sin is what is separating you from God. My love for you is issuing the warning. If you choose to go this way, you are going to be lost. That is not my judgment. That is God's judgment. I love every liar that has ever lived. Now, I don't like to be lied to. I can tell you that is, that is one of my pet peeves. I think I got that from my dad. I never saw the ire in my dad rise except that someone lied to him. And I feel the same way. I can't stand for someone to lie to me or to deceive me in some way. But I'll tell you what, I love them. And I want to see them saved. But if they persist, if they chase after that sin, they are going to be lost just as much as the homosexual is lost. Hey, what about fornication? Living in a relationship outside of marriage, is that sinful? Well, certainly it is. It is set right up against homosexuality and sodomy in this text. I love people who commit fornication. But if you persist in that fornication, guess what? You are going to be lost. That is not me judging you. In fact, I will stand before you until the last breath is drawn in my body to encourage you not to participate in those sins. But if you persist in it, I love you. But God says, you're not going to heaven. I didn't do that. Where do these sins start? There was a clue in our text. I follow after righteousness, but I chase after sin. Sin didn't do that to me. Evil didn't do that to me. I did that to me. James chapter 1, beginning verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Let me issue this warning right now. There might be something that you are toying with in your mind. You haven't given yourself wholeheartedly. Ken, I would hardly say that I'm chasing after this sin, but I will say that there is something that's tempting me. What you should do right now is stop and run. Because James tells us, you know, the natural thing is to say, well, God put me in this situation. People always justify their sins saying, God just wants me to be happy. God just wants me to, to find joy in my life. That is not true. God wants you to be saved eternally. You want the joy. You want the happiness. And you think that your sin will do it. So as long as that thing is just kind of a seed in your heart, you say, I'm not doing it yet. I'm not acting on it. That's fine. But James says sin will deceive you. 
One day you'll look, that thing has grown a little bit. It's grown a little bit more. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm struggling right now. I'll keep a lid on it. No one will ever find out, but they will. And when they do, it will be like a woman giving birth to a child. It will be out there and death will be prominent. You will stink from the death that is all over you because of sin. And you will lead to death. So let's just, you know, assess for a minute. Is there that? Is there that little seed that's growing in you right now? You better not play around with it. The Bible uses the word flee quite a lot. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, flee sexual immorality. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, flee youthful lusts. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, flee idolatry, you know, the love of things. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, he just simply says, flee these things. Literally in this text, the subject is the love of money. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 21 and 22, test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Every form of it. Not just its adult, full-blown form, but every form. Even the seed form. Stay away from it. Because if you toy with that sin, eventually it will become implanted in you and it will take you where it always takes people. That is straight to death. Simple, isn't it? It's simple. Righteousness leads to life. Righteousness, life. The pursuit of evil, evil pursuits, that leads to death. Simple as can be. What do you choose? You choose righteousness or you choose evil. You can't, you can't have both. You can't play Christian because we're talking about genuine righteousness. So you can't play Christian and then kind of hide or go along with your sin. That, that is not working. Today, we've got to stop it. Just like he said there in Romans 12 and verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil. Don't let that happen to you. But overcome evil with good. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and following, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, love the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Did you see right there in that text, same, same sentiment. Righteousness leads to life. Evil leads to death. If you're a child of God and you've yanked Jesus down off of the cross by your sin and you're stomping him as though it were nothing, repent of that today. Let's pray about it. Let's not leave here with any questions. Am I, as I look at myself in that mirror, even in my mind's eye, am I righteous? If you're pursuing evil today, stop it. We need to pray for your deliverance. We'll take whatever time is necessary. 
Are you not a child of God today? Are you still persisting in your sin? Today, you can have the blood of Jesus wash those sins away. You'll rise up out of that water in newness of life. Is anyone ready today to go the way of righteousness? If you need to make that change, why don't you come forward right now while we stand together and sing? Will you come, will you come with your poor broken heart, burden and sin of service where we remember uh, our Lord's sacrifice for our sins. The song is Night with Evan Pinion.
you do not have the emblems for the Lord's Supper, please raise your hand now so somebody can serve you. Uh, before we begin, I want to say that we have an awesome group of young people that go to this church. And I had the honor of working with them on a subject that seems intuitively easy, which is, is human life sacred? And we had to debate both sides of that, so we expected the opposition to say, well, if you read the Bible, God killed a lot of people. And he did. If you look at the flood, and you look at other moments where David took a census, there were a lot of people that God just instantly killed. And as we were making that list of situations, and I wish I could have had a chance to ask him if it was his permission before I shared this, but I never got to see him before I got up here today. Andrew Langley's hand shot up. And he said, God killed Jesus. And it was as quiet as it is right now. Because every one of us were like, how do we handle that? The point I'm going to make is, you need to know the answer to that question. And as you remember what he did for you, this is the answer. In John 10, verse 17, Jesus said, This, what's about to happen, this is why the Father loves me. Because I am laying down my life so I may take it up again. But this next part. No one, no one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down. And I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. God did not kill Jesus. Jesus willingly went to the cross and willingly stayed there for the entire nine hours he was there for the opportunity for you to have remission for your sins. And that is what true love looks like. So as you take the bread, remember the body that was on the Christ, that was on the cross. And as we drink the cup in a minute, think of the blood that was shed that washes you free of your sins. Let us bless the bread. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the ability to create our way to be a part of his body. And as we take this bread, Heavenly Father, we pray that you will forgive those that have sinned against you. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this bread, as this bread represents your body, that we will all be members of your body, that we will all be one and united. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us give thanks for the vine. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in likewise manner, we thank you for the blood that your Son was willing to shed for us. We pray that it will wash us as white as snow and that you will forgive us of our sins, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord, for providing a way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let's bow our heads, please, as we pray for the offering today. Our most gracious and loving Father, we bow with humble hearts. So thankful, Father, for all the many blessings of life, for all the spiritual blessings through your Son, Lord Jesus. Father, we're so thankful for the generosity of this church as we've been giving to all the different fields of uh, the mission work, benevolence, for helping all those who have been misput with the storms. We're just so thankful, Father, for all the giving. Father, we thank you for giving your Son, Lord Jesus, to die upon the cross. We pray, Father, as we give today, we will do so freely, joyfully. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Before we have an announcement, I just want to give you a reminder, we have 13 days left until our special day coming up on April 29th and 30th with Dr. Sam Jones. We've emphasized this special day. It's an outreach to our community, uh, people in the food pantry and clothes closet, the 93 families that we assisted on Thursday. We're very excited about this. They see a great need for it. And so it's up to us to spread the word about this. Keep in mind it's strengthening our families from danger, from this world in which we live. Uh, one lesson is going to be the danger of addictions, pornography, drugs, and alcohol. Another lesson will be on homosexuality and gender identity. And then from one until two on Saturday, the dangers of anxiety, depression, and suicide. Also on that day, we'll be serving a lunch of grilled hamburgers and hot dogs for all of our guests. I hope we have a house full. On Sunday, Brother Jones will close us out about empowering our families to face the kind of world we live in. We'll have a congregational lunch to follow. Those are always enjoyable. But this depends on you for its success. So I want to encourage you uh, to invite everybody that you can. Now, in conjunction with this, Lord willing, this coming Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, we're going to assemble here. We probably will just assemble in the annex. And we're going to go out and knock doors in our community. 
people are very close by our building and we need to let them know in person about this and invite them to come. So we need you, young people, our teenagers, uh, you would be the best at this. And so we need all who can to come and knock doors with us on Saturday so that we can again spread the word. And let's look forward to uh, this particular weekend. Let's make it the best that it possibly can be. Thank you. We have a lot of information for y'all this morning. I wanted to uh, just get up here. I've been announcing this in the teen class, but I wanted parents to hear it and other supportive roles to hear it. But uh, just a reminder, if you are a senior this year, there's a sign-up sheet back here. There's a lot of things on this black table back here and to the left in the foyer. Uh, if you're a senior and need your name on that sheet, that means if you want to participate in Senior Sunday and do the whole thing in the table, I need your name on that sheet of paper, please. Um, also, Junior Senior Banquet for the Prentice County area. Snowdown's hosting that this year. And there's, there's information back there. If you're a senior especially, they want your information and maybe some pictures sent in. It's all the information you need back there on a little pamphlet. They need that by the 23rd. So if you can get that sent in by the 23rd, that's when they need that. Um, I also want to go ahead and announce about our youth and family retreat that we do. It's going to be the first weekend of May, so we'll start Friday, May the 5th through uh, Sunday, May the 7th. And that's going to be at the Lake LaJoy group camp that we used to go to. Uh, our guest speaker is Doug Burleson, and this is something I do encourage all the teens to go to. Um, but also their families. Uh, if you went last year, you know we had a really, really good time there, and it was a real good experience. And would love for more people to come out. And if, you, if you're if you not a teen or a teen's parent or sibling, and you really want to come, just come on. We'll, we'll, we'll welcome you. We'll let you participate with us. Because um, we had plenty of room, uh, we had a good time, and we've got a good speaker. And as as was last year, the speaker, he's most of the lessons are on Saturday morning. So if you can only make it over for a small amount of time, and come over Saturday morning, stay till the afternoon, and then go back to whatever it is you got to go to. Um, but we would love for people to start signing up for that. That is also black table in the foyer to the left, if y'all start signing up for that. I'm last before the announcements get brought to you. Um, on May the 13th, Maywood uh, Christian Camp is having a benefit dinner. It is... Uh, no, they, used to, they used to sell tickets. They don't sell tickets anymore. It's whoever wants to come can come. Uh, they do have donation boxes. And if you do not want to go to the benefit dinner, um, they come talk to me. There's uh, separate ways we can donate. Maywood is a big part as long as, as well as Mid-South in our congregation. And we would, uh, any benefit, this benefit dinner helps to go towards the camp. So if you would like to talk to me about the camp, about the benefit dinner, come talk to me or Katie, either one. Thank you. Good morning. Steve, you want to say something? <laughs> We're proud everyone's here this morning. Uh, we had right shy of 1,000 here. It was 3.08 this morning. Uh, 
keep the family of the Drury's in your prayers. Uh, longtime employee of Northeast, a uh, friend of all of ours, uh, especially a dear friend of Reba Hughes. Uh, Edna uh, Drury passed away. Her funeral is today at the First Baptist Church at 2 o'clock, and then the burial will be at the Wheeler Grove Cemetery. <clears throat> also, the uh, one of our families in the food pantry uh, that comes through uh, their little six-year-old Colton Marley has a mass on his hip. Am I telling this right, Brother JT? Okay. Uh, just keep uh, Colton Marley in your prayers. If there's nothing else, if you will stand, and I'll lead us in a closing prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the Lord's Day you've given us for each and every Lord's Day. We thank you for uh, the study we've had this morning. Help us all go out in this world and fight evil with good. Go with us, bring us back. In Christ's name we pray, amen.